Welcome to the Founders Podcast. Whose bright idea was this anyway? I'm Andrew Peyton Smith, founder and CEO of Jizoodle. And welcome to the Founders Podcast, Whose Bright Idea Was This Anyway? And welcome to episode 15. I can't believe 15 episodes have gone, or 14 episodes have gone before us. Today, um, we've got rather special um, guest um, with us. Laura Prell is the founder of digital marketing agency LEP Digital here on the Central Coast. Um, LEP Digital is an award-winning digital content marketing agency and they're experts in creating beautifully crafted content. Their services include digital marketing, advertising, copywriting and editing, uh, SEO and SEM, social media and visual design. But not only that, in 2018, Laura was named the Outstanding Young Entrepreneur at the New South Wales Business Chamber Awards uh, for the Central Coast. And in 2019, Excellence in Micro Business Category of the New South Wales Business Chamber Awards. And this year, she's been announced as finalist in the Australian Business Champion Awards. Uh, Laura obviously has a, a passion for digital marketing and started her career as a web copywriter at the University of Newcastle before progressing rapidly in web management, digital communications. Laura, what an entrance. Welcome to the Founders Podcast. Thank you so much, Andrew. That was very generous. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. <laughs> very well deserved. And, and I've got a challenge for you, actually. One of, one of my previous guests uh, was Brendan Rogers. And um, uh, Brendan and I have got a little bit of friendly rivalry uh, in a number of areas, not least our football teams, but also uh, Brendan is currently sitting uh, the number one downloaded episode of, um, of the Founders Podcast. And, I, and I'm really hoping that you're going to knock him off his perch after this, um, after we've recorded. I love that. Well, I've got some stiff competition with Brendan, that's for sure, but I'm up for the challenge, Andrew. <laughs> Let's Excellent. See. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> that's perfect. So, Brendan, watch out. We're coming for you, mate. Excellent stuff. Okay, so we just want to uh, get started. Um, and just obviously with, with COVID-19, the world has changed absolutely uh, massively at the moment. So why is having a strong and consistent digital marketing strategy so important today? Yeah, look, since we've used the internet to communicate and sell to our customers, having a strong and consistent digital marketing strategy has always, always been important. Mm. And I think right now that needs only growing. We've got, you know, technology evolution. We've got the last of those established offline businesses moving online. Plus, we've got a whole host of startups entering that online market as well. Mm. And all of these businesses are competing and they're competing for our attention. So it's really what I like to call the attention economy. Okay. So you're not regularly communicating with your target audience in the right places, with the right messaging, uh, then really you're invisible. So it's mm. not just about being online. You need to be constantly communicating online as well. Absolutely. And do you think things have changed the emphasis recently with COVID-19? Yeah, definitely. I think what COVID-19 has done has forced many businesses to quickly move online um, faster than they otherwise would have. Mm. So it's kind of pushed them to be way more proactive about their digital marketing. Many have had to completely change the way they operate Um, potentially start talking to a new segment of customers Mm -hmm. um, who are new to their brand. And also it's forced them to really hone in 
on what mm. exactly they have to offer clients. You know, when we're busy, it's easy for us to get caught up in the, in the busyness of just doing what we do. Yep. And it's so easy to forget that other side of it. You know, who are we? What are we doing? Who are our, who are our customers? So I think many have used this time to really look internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as we know, sadly, many businesses aren't trading like they used to. We've had a, a, lot, of, a lot of downfalls. Um, some have closed. Um, but really, I think the most successful entrepreneurial leaders are using this time to um, effectively look how to improve their business. You know, mm. how can we use this time productively? So for that reason, um, my business has seen a lot of clients wanting to update their, yep. their website, launch new websites, um, invest more time than they previously have in things like social media, mm. um, creating company documents. Yep. Uh that they can use when they do begin trading again. Um, and when I say company documents, this is a whole range of things. Some, some have produced credentials documents. Some have done videos, animations on what they do. Some have looked at their vision, mission and value statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly it's become a big priority to these businesses. So I found that really interesting. Absolutely. It's actually a really good time for a reality check for a lot of businesses is what I'm hearing out there uh, at the moment. One of the things that as, as our businesses uh, obviously have, have gone through the startup accelerators, one of the things that we learned uh, very early on is if you're not getting traction on a particular area of your business, test the market. And you, and the way you test the market is, and in this, especially in this day and age, the social media and, and the ease of being able to test the market is, is to use social and digital channels to be able to understand what your clients are looking for. Are you seeing a, a number of companies that are starting to test messages within the market, test products within their market and so forth? Definitely, especially businesses, and I hate to use this word, but pivot, you know, especially those <laughs> businesses that are pivoting, <laughs> so to speak, um, but it's a trial and error, you know, yep. these, these businesses that may not have ever launched this product, you know, we're seeing lots that have launched hand sanitizers and masks mm-hmm. and, and they may traditionally do that at all. There might be, you know, a beverage business. So that calls for a whole bunch of new thinking in terms of, Mm. you know, it's a new client base, it's new messaging, new platforms, you know, where are these customers um, going online? Uh, And social media is a big one. uh, Across the board, in almost all of our clients, when we do the end of month reporting, we've seen a surge in social media activity. So Mm. social media has been the single driver to um, websites, website conversions, inquiries. So absolutely we're seeing some testing happening on social media. Excellent. It's funny you should mention the word pivot. Uh, We had a board meeting with my directors last night and the one word that was banned was the word pivot from uh, any conversations in that board meeting. I love that. I love that. As a copywriter, (laughs) I can't stand jargon, so I try to avoid it at all costs. Uh, absolutely <laughs> fantastic well it's good it's good to hear that the, a number of businesses are essentially not just resting on the laurels but really uh, testing new means of um, new messaging to the market new ideas to the market and so forth and you mentioned about digital uh, channels being the main driver to for website traffic and that brings us on to um next uh, little subject and that's um seo and uh, it just does my head in um seo really seems to be a dark art uh, to a lot of businesses and founders. Um, tell us how you approach um, SEO for a business. 
You're right, Andrew, about when you say it's a dark art. Um, we hear this a lot and it really is. Business owners know that they need it, but they're mm-hmm. often not quite sure what it is, yeah. you know, how to do it, who to trust to manage it for them, what's important. Um, so part of, our, part of our role is to actually educate business owners mm-hmm. out there on what really they need to focus on, what they need to know about SEO yeah. and try to, I, I guess, with without using a terrible cliche, but shine a light on that so it's okay. not a dark art anymore. It's super mm. clear and obvious what it is. So in a nutshell, SEO is the art of influencing search engines such mm-hmm. as Google to organically rank one website, um, yeah. rank their website over others for mm. certain keywords. So there's so many factors to concentrate when it come, concentrate on when it comes to SEO. So there's no kind of one silver bullet that a business yeah. owner can to, to try to get ranked. So some of, the, some of the key things that we like to talk to our clients uh, about, especially when they're new to us and they, they're coming on board, there's really three key factors that, that mm. we talk to them about. The first is their website. Yeah. So it's, it's an obvious one. I mean, since the website's the most important asset to optimise for search, that's really where we're driving people in search. Mm super important that it's built for search and it, and it's operating as smoothly as it can be so an analogy to that is you know it's like if you tried to enter a rusted 1984 falcon into the bathurst 100 uh, sorry 1000 i shouldn't use the sports reference i'm terrible at sports. go for it <laughs> <laughs> if you entered a car like that into the bathurst 1000 and expected it to to outrace the others mm. you know You'd be foolish. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. Um, and, you know, but on the flip side of that, it's not just about how how flashy the car is either. Mm. Um, so often what we see is really plain text-based websites can perform just as well. Um, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Then those sort of ultra-modern websites that you see with lots of moving parts, JavaScript, mm. Around the screen um, yeah. so it's really about kind of opening up the hood and taking a look inside looking at how it's built the speed the hosting is it well maintained mm-hmm. um, does it have broken links is the content up to date all of these sort of things mm. uh, and so we really play a part in helping businesses to understand all of that stuff um, before we even touch a single line of code yeah okay so I'd say that's, that's the first Yep. <laughs> Second is um, the actually what clients are searching for. So mm. this is a big one. So as a business owner, we may think we know what clients are searching for, how they yep. how they're getting to us in the search engine, but in reality, it's a lot different. So yep. we really educate business owners on the importance of using a SEO specialist to really carry out that research for you. Mm. Um, which can and should be done using multiple data points. So not just getting a data from one place. Yeah. And thirdly is content. Content is a big one and it's often overlooked, especially by many agencies that just focus on SEO. They're not mm. really interested in content. Um, how committed you are to producing content yourself or paying yep. someone to produce content for you on a regular basis is the key to staying competitive. Mm. It's, it's not a set and forget strategy. It in, involves being competitive, um, being consistent, feeding the beast, as I like to say. Um, if you think of search engines like a plant, 
the content is like water and sunlight to that plant. Mm. You're constantly feeding it. So I think they're the three things that we always talk to, to business owners before we, we commence starting. So, so it is a dark art then. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Here I was, Andrew, thinking this is uh, pretty straightforward. I think this is, you know, hopefully going to clear things up for good. <laughs> no, it was actually pretty clear. Um, one of the, obviously, you mentioned about content and so forth. So what sort of areas can, can people um, invest in to start driving some of those better uh, metrics within with, um, and traffic towards their website? Well, it really starts with what your goals are. Mm. So, you know, people approach SEO in many different ways. Yeah. Um, some businesses are just not interested to produce content at all. They just mm. they just want to rank. They want to do the you know the least sort of effort possible to to rank. And quite often they're the clients that will want to pay for the rankings. So they'll mm. want to use a service like Google AdWords or, or you know or otherwise known as pay per click or search yeah. engine marketing. But the clients that I think get the best results and the the, most, the fastest results, I have to say as well, um, really employ a, a good SEO content strategy. So mm. that means regularly producing content for the site. So that might mean case studies. That might mean blogs. Yeah. Uh, that might mean video content, uh, mm-hmm. for example, podcasts like we're yeah. doing right now. All of these are, are really great SEO strategies, whether you think about them as SEO strategies or not, um, because you can be using all of those keywords Mm -hmm. um, to really attract people back to your site and increase um, the amount of those keywords being on your website. Yeah, no, that's that's, uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, and and, and the keywords, and I was just thinking about looking through some of our stats um, recently. Um, One of our best keywords seems to be something we don't even highlight, um, but it is on our website, but it seems to come up um, fairly high in terms of click-throughs and everything, and that's one of the ratios, and it's a real technical term as well, and it's just, how did this get there? And we go... (laughs) <laughs> anyway, it's a dark art. Anyway, I'll continue, I'll continue with that. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, so, so you mentioned about how SEO really should be sort of coupled um, with other areas and, and, mm-hmm. and that you'd work with clients in essentially devising the best um, strat- SEO strategy for them to include things like pe- uh, pay-per-click and uh, backlinks and bits and pieces. So that, that's your key recommendation uh, on that subject, yeah? I would say, you know, if we if we talk about SEO for a second, it can mm. be a standalone tactic. So, okay. you know, you don't have to couple it with Google AdWords. In mm. fact, often what I aim to do is to get the SEO results so strong that business owners don't have to invest ongoing in Google AdWords. That's mm. the ideal scenario okay. because Google AdWords are expensive. Yeah. And the thing with Google AdWords is that once you stop paying for those keywords, you disappear in the search. Yeah. So, you know, you're really paying to be there. So um, ideally, ideally, we don't want to have people paying paying Google, one of the biggest companies in the world. <laughs> we want them to be paying small business owners um, like myself to, to yeah. manage it for them um, for nothing more than the service cost. Mm. Um but having said that, sometimes there is no choice. It depends on the goals of the business, what mm. they want to rank for. They may be a business that's in a really competitive market. So if you're someone that sells cakes, 
um, in Gosford, for example, mm-hmm. not thinking of anyone in particular, but and there's lots of people that sell cakes in Gosford and they're all doing paid search. You may have no choice but to mm. compete against them in paid search and to bid more if you want to rank for those particular keywords. So it can be coupled into an overall search strategy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's really important to note that investing in Google AdWords is not going to improve your SEO. Yeah. So the okay. two are completely different. Yes, they're part of a search umbrella, but they're two completely different strategies. They can work well together, but one doesn't influence the other. Ah, that's just opened up something completely for me because um, everything I've heard, yeah, and obviously not listen to the right people such as yourself, I think, on that one. Excellent stuff. Um, what, what other pitfalls um, should businesses be aware of when, when deciding to improve their, um, their rankings? It is a slow process. So mm. I think, it, you know, it's something that you do have to have realistic expectations of, of how fast it can happen. It's not a yeah. matter of, um, you know, investing in an SEO company and then a week later they're on page one of, of Google. Mm. It's very rarely that quick and easy. It is very complicated. There's hundreds of factors to consider putting together an SEO strategy and that's also why it tends to be so expensive because yeah. there's a lot of work and a lot of sort of juggling balls in the air to make it happen. But there's a couple of key things um, and I've written a blog on this before on mm. kind of to watch out for um, yeah. you know, when you are looking to improve your SEO or to hire someone to do your SEO. One is that you shouldn't, (laughs) should be very careful about any agency that promises results. Mm. So if you've got a, if you've met an agency and they've said, oh yes, we can get you on at rank three in two weeks time. Yeah. uh, Quite frankly, it's just, it's BS. Mm. And the reason for that is we don't own Google. Google is its own thing with its own algorithms and, other people playing the game and there's absolutely no way that um, a mere mortal SEO company can actually <laughs> predict the future to that, to that mm. level of accuracy. So just be careful about that. The other thing is, is that, and I guess this is our point of difference in, in how we, how we um, work with SEO is that some companies think that they've done a good job just by getting the brand into, into Google search results. They kind of think, ah, job done. Fantastic. Yeah. We've been on that. Um, and it is great. You know, if you see your, if you see yourself in search, that's fantastic. But what we do is we can offer strategy and advice beyond SEO. So mm. for us, it's not transactional. It's not just about, I'll oh, quickly get them into the search engine and, and that's it. Yeah. We need to look at how to increase website conversions. So yes, they've come to your website, but then what happens? Yeah. Do they bounce off? Do they go? You know, um, you know, how do you improve the user experience on the site once they're there? Are they are they going to stay on the website? Again, back to that attention economy. Are we mm. engaging beyond the, the click? Um, you know, so we look at things like copywriting. Um, we, we think about the um, psychology of someone when they go on the website. What are they looking yeah. for? And, and so we like to say that we do SEO for humans first and mm. search second. Okay. Um, and that's a really big point of difference to most SEO companies. They, they, they do it completely opposite. It's more about just stuffing in keywords wherever possible. 
that is really refreshing to hear and the whole customer journey and um and, and i hate the term funnels but and understanding that full customer journey so it's all very well getting hundreds of thousands or whatever people to your site but are they converting and are they doing what they should be doing so it's really refreshing to hear that you join everything up yeah, thank you. Thank you. I think it's um it's it's the benefit of I think working with an agency that's that's very skilled at SEO but also mm. provides other services that complement into that because at the end of the day you want someone to look at your marketing holistically. Mm. You you can't you can't look at these different tactics in isolation. It just it just doesn't work like that. You know, and yep. as humans we're a lot and, and buying humans uh, we're a lot more complex than that. So thank you for that feedback. It's good that you know to talk to yeah. someone that gets yeah, no, no, absolutely. Because I say, I've done various experiments um, previously in the past to drive more traffic. But like you say, it's, if if the conversion rates are not um, uh, increasing or, or holding up because of that, then what's the point of spending money on that traffic to start with? So totally agree with that. That's right. And sometimes getting bad results is an opportunity mm. because it gives you an insight into what exactly isn't working. So you, yeah. So. You know, and we do this all the time when we look at reports and we might go, hmm, okay, so we're getting a lot of visitors, but hang on, they're going to your page and then they're, they're going to your services page and they're leaving mm. straight away. So what is it about that services page that's mm. not of interest? There's something not right there. And it just, it, it, it's, it's eye-opening for a lot of business yeah. owners. Oh, I hadn't really thought of that before. Mm. Uh, but you're exactly right. And, and this comes beautifully and a good segue onto the uh, to the next uh, topic, and that's the, uh, the the subject of copywriting and um, and the importance of copy. And, and and I must admit, this is a real pet thing for me. Um, ensuring that the words we use um, uh, in our various communications are the ones that are going to hit the hit the target the best, and which is good. Um, and it just drives me totally nuts, to, to to be honest. So, why are words so important? for digital performance? Words are so powerful and I'm so glad that you asked me this and this is part of our agenda um, because they're not just just important to digital performance, they're important to business performance. Mm. You know, the words you use in and out of your business um, relates to um, building your brand, um, it's about building your value proposition, your again, your vision, your values, your mission and everything. So if you choose them wisely, the rest flows from there mm. really beautifully. And, you know, Brendan brought it up really um, beautifully in his episode where he talked about the why. You know, mm. we've heard of this sort of um, mysterious why. And it is, it's thinking about copywriting, it's about really going to the business owner and working with them to understand their why. Mm. Why do they do they do you know yeah. why is your product or service better or unique to mm. others out there and why should i buy from you yeah. as, a, as a customer and once you have the answers to these questions it gives you that clarity um to be strategic in how you position yourselves and attract mm. yourself to your your key audience and uh by the way key audience crucial absolutely yeah. crucial to know exactly who your key audience is. Mm. And I find that businesses who know who they are internally often have a really tight handle on who they're targeting as yeah. well. It kind of goes hand in hand. But it's not it's not very common. You know, we, we, we meet businesses all the time um, and I throw out the question, you know, who's your target audience? Uh, and in a roundabout way, they kind of say everyone. Mm. Oh. <laughs> 
yeah, I want to be good for adults and children and, yeah, people around the world. And, <laughs> and uh, there's a famous marketing quote, which I'm sure you've heard of, Andrew, and your listeners may have as well, is that when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's really about using those words to figure out, you know, how can you be relevant? Mm. How can you understand your customers' needs inside and out in order to first relate to them and then second to help them? Yeah, absolutely. Funny enough, we, we went through an exercise not uh, not that long, just before COVID-19 actually, and this was from, uh, another. funny enough, another one of our uh, guests on the show, Gordon uh, Whitehead, um, and essentially doing a customer canvas for, for each of your segments and, and getting to know what are the pains, what are the gains, what they're feeling, what are the real, and, and really deeply understanding it. And then you realize, well, hold on a minute. Well, what I'm saying here is not relevant at all to this particular segment. Really interesting area, I find. Oh, you've got to go CSI with it, Andrew. You've got you to be a detective and you've got to find out everything about that person. So yeah. that's great to hear that he's doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess that runs into the services that you can provide as well in, in terms of really mapping out what those customers are all about, the, each, each type of, even down to um, where those customers can be found and, and so forth. Yep, absolutely. So we do things like customer persona building, mm-hmm. exactly that. Um, and it's not only um, what the business think their customer is, we can again draw on a lot of data points so we can actually go out and find this information online and, and figure out where, where these people, it's kind of like their digital footprint. Where, mm. where are they going? What are they interested in? And from there, it's about, again, coming back to your questions about words, it's about finding the right language that appeals mm. to that customer. Tone of voice really matters. Tone mm. of voice is crucial. It's kind of like, you know, you, you wouldn't speak to your friend at the pub this, the same way you'd speak to your mum or your, yeah. your grandmother dinner table because I just don't think it would go down that well and we've just got to be really mindful of that in, in when we're doing our copywriting as well. Absolutely and funny enough I was um, I was speaking with one somebody within Jazoodle um, this morning and they'd, they'd done some read for some new uh, copy that I put into onto the onto the website recently and they basically said to me I don't understand it. No one else would understand it. I went, right, okay. <laughs> maybe, we need, maybe we need to get someone that knows what they're doing actually working on this. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's a good sense check. You know, yeah. if, you're not, if you're a business, if you're not at the stage of hiring copywriter yet, yeah. give, it, give it to people who are your potential target audience. That might mm. be a friend. Yeah. You know, it might be a family member and get them to read over it and see what they think. You know, does it make sense? So that's spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that comes on to the next point, really about the importance of um, uh, planning for your website rather than essentially just getting a website, a f- good flashy website together, plonking it um, in a hosting company and so forth. So tell us your thoughts on, on, on adequate and proper planning for your website and where that fits into the grander scheme of things. It's, yeah, it's super interesting, Andrew, because to date, I have not seen one other business advertise website planning as a service mm. anywhere. Um, and that's really, really curious to me because it's really where that art of design yeah. and the science of that user experience and data intersect. And, you know, web companies, to their credit, they do provide wireframing services. So they'll show you, okay, this is the, the idea of the structure of the website. 
but it's it's not their job and, and very rarely would they ever look at analytics. Mm. So they wouldn't go and look at, at data points and, and, and understand, you know, which pages are important to your key customer on that site. They, they often don't look at heat mapping to have a look okay. at where people have previously, how people have previously used the site. They don't involve copywriters to understand what matters to a customer. They very rarely use an SEO expert mm-hmm. to, to understand what menu items um, should we be using? So what often ends up happening is is clients come to us after they've built their website and engaged that developer um, who hasn't thought of any of these considerations because it's really not what they've been briefed mm. to do and not their job. Um, but then we need to go back and retrofit everything. Oh, so yeah. We look at it and go, oh, that's no, look, you can't have that menu because you're telling me that you want to do X, Y, and Z and the data is telling us that this is important. Mm. And so what ends up happening is we go in and change the website. So, uh, you know, we may redesign the menu structure. We may have to do some further, um, you know, development on the site. We may need to rework the layout of the landing page, for example, Mm. because we've realised that it's not not a flow to the to the ideal customer and that can be really costly yeah so this website planning service that we offer it's about getting in first Mm. and saying you know hey let's actually think this through before we go and build it let's actually figure out what what we're trying to do here um and what website planning is because a lot of people say well what what actually is it It can be anything from a landing page, so just a one-page website, uh, right down to a page with hundreds, mm. hundreds of pages, which we've yeah. done before for large government websites. So if it is a larger website, what that involves is we would do what's called a website audit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really about doing a recce of all of those legacy pages on the website. Um, yeah. We apply data against it to make strategic decisions about whether to keep or leave content, how important the content is Mm. to the user. Um, Because as you said before, Andrew, you know, we may think something's really important, you know, oh, we've got to have this, we've got to have all this stuff about us. But when you look at the analytics, it's like actually no one's looking at that page. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Or if they are, they're spending like 10 seconds on the page. So. Um, you know, it, it, it's really important to apply that sort of objective, unbiased, fact, fact-based mm. reason, reasoning, which business leaders find is really invaluable. And quite often it leads to a better user experience. It converts better. People can find content in less, uh, less than a few clicks, mm-hmm. um, more engaged. So this sort of work can really pay off. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's so refreshing to hear such a holistic approach to these things because, like, it's, it just strikes me as it's, it's, when when you think about it, it's fairly obvious that if you're not basically joining up all of the dots and the individual parts of your digital strategy, then there are going to be failures within that. There's going to be disconnects between what the customers think in your funnels, um, the the perception of your brand, for instance, um, is going to be potentially missing as well. So really refreshing to hear that. In um, in terms of um, if a, a startup or a small business is considering getting their their, their brand on the web, um, uh, if, are there any, any are there any sort of rule of thumbs as to as to um, less is more? Because web design seems to go through various different fashions and fads and everything else. And um, they're, they're, I know I think I think Jazula at the moment. Ouch! Are probably going through more is more, but um, and we probably need to rationalise quite a lot of it. But are, are, are there any 
hard and fast rules which founders and um, and small business owners should consider when thinking about um, what they need to do to get their business on the web? Mm, that's a great, great question. I think web development in itself is another dark art of, you know, <laughs> what the heck does it all mean and what should we do? Um, again, I think it comes back to what the business needs. So what is the purpose of that? Mm. What's the purpose of having a presence on a website? Yeah. You know, for many businesses, it's more of just a, a check, a checkpoint. So it's that mm. sort of point of credibility you know a lot of the business might convert offline but you need to have an online front so that the client can go oh yeah that all checks out yeah you know i I met andrew today you know i really like the sound of jazoodle and the number one thing they're going to do when they get home is Mm -hmm. go and google yeah google your business see what see what it looks like and and mostly it's just they don't get any way past the the home page it's more of just checks and balances yeah so for businesses like that i would say you don't need to have a huge big website with a thousand pages less is more Mm. because it's not your it's not a selling tool it's more just need to have a presence you know and so forth um if it's an e-commerce site completely Mm. different story yeah it does need to be a big website with all of the bells and whistles. You know, you need to have all your products online. You have to have all the information about the products. You mm. need to have service channels, a chat. So it's a little bit more beefed out. Yeah. Um, so, again, it just depends on really what is that website for. Mm. And it's good to ask yourself, you know, what am I really expecting from this website? Is it going to be yeah. something that, I, that I'm using as my sole tool to convert leads? Mm. Um, or is it just an information website? You know? Absolutely. And then I was just thinking the word, the, the two words, multi-channel. So it's, it's understanding what are your channels to market and are you offline but would like an awareness side for your business or are you offline but would like to develop an online channel as well? Really, exactly. Yeah, really important. Excellent stuff. Um, time is really pushing on. Um, we need, need to move on a little bit. Um, without breaching, obviously, client confidentiality, can you describe uh, a, a previous um, client case where you've particularly enjoyed or got, got great uh, results from and how did you approach it? Mm, this was tough. It was tough <laughs> to about this because we, we've worked with so, so many businesses and mm. But one that comes to mind is a few months ago, we, we had the absolute pleasure of working with Central Coast Council okay. on the Innovation Series, which is yeah. a four-part event series, um, which you may have even attended yeah. in. Yeah, was there? Um, yeah, so that, uh, unfortunately, it's now had to go online because mm. of the whole pandemic, but that's okay. But we were briefed to essentially get bums on seats. Yeah. So we need to promote this event the brief was get at least 50 people to, to sign up. Mm. So this was an exciting challenge to us. We don't often um, market events. You know, yeah. we, we do you know, digital marketing. Um, so this was quite an exciting brief for our team. Mm. So we, we created quite a detailed strategy and it looked at a lot of, of, of different areas. So um, we produced four Facebook campaigns. We did some LinkedIn marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, We designed a suite of um, various campaign images that we used in in places. We did some digital PR activity as well, which involved getting the event listing out onto websites. Mm. Um, We also sent a press release out as well. So we are so proud that we... (laughs) 
we actually got over 170 people sign up to the event in yep. a very short time, in a matter of weeks, uh, to the point where the event organisers at the Central Press Council actually had to cap it and put people yep. on a wait list. <laughs> Started to get all of a sudden started to get very anxious about catering and you know how are we going to fit this many people in the room, um, which of course is a great problem to have. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Um, so I think that was a really good success story for us. Mm. Um, the I think that the most successful part of that campaign was the social media element of it. So yeah. you know we used uh, we used LinkedIn. LinkedIn mm-hmm. has a great event tool within it. Yeah. So we were able to really target the business community there. And we also did what was called um, split advertising on Facebook. Mm. So we were able to take different versions of creative and target it to different target markets yeah. um, to see which one performed the best. So we split it up to um, business leaders, we had students, and then we had a general public uh, one mm. as well. And so we could test which ones worked best. Okay, no, no, it, was a, it was a fascinating campaign because it got the attention straight away. And, and first of all, we said, hold on a minute, council and innovation, those two general words don't generally go well together. Uh, and, um, but, and I think that was, that was one of the things that really um, got the attention uh, initially. And then, as you say, it was, a, it was a hugely successful. And I think there's another meeting tomorrow, Thursday, actually, an online meeting, yeah, um, which, yeah. Uh, which we'll be attending. Excellent stuff. And um, so... Um, as I say, we are r- rapidly running out of time. What, what do you like? This is making an assumption that you do actually have spare time. But what, what do you like to do in your spare time, Laura? <laughs> Funnily enough, I do have spare time, and that's yeah. because I think it's so important as a business leader, well, anyone really that's a, that's a working person, to have time off, have time yeah. for yourself to to refresh, you know, get the get the creativity back flowing in your brain. So mm. for me, I'm a, I'm a bit nerdy. I like reading about politics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <current> affairs. <laughs> um, I like um, doing crossword puzzles. Currently, I do one in, in the Guardian every week, which I really yeah. enjoy. With okay. A glass of wine and cheese. Oh, perfect um, accompaniments. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoy doing yoga. That's a really good way for okay. me to kind of out and and you know meditate and kind of get away from the busyness of the day and and also walking in nature really nice way for me to reset yeah perfect and what gets you up in the morning what gets you gets you really going and you're um really with a zest for the day my alarm (laughs) excellent (laughs) yeah you're continually relying on your alarm Oh no, it's, I'm genuinely so excited about, about running, running LEP Digital. Mm. Every day is different. I have an amazing team that has driven all of our success over the past couple of years. So what Mm. gets me up is the thrill of not knowing what's going to happen day to day, knowing that there's endless opportunities and there's always new things, you know, as a small agency, you can be so agile. There's no red Mm. tape, switch things up and change them quickly, which is exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And uh, one of the last things, um, where can listeners find out more about uh, LEP Digital and how can they contact you? They can go to lep.digital online Mm -hmm. to our website. Uh, They can reach out to hello at lep.digital on our email. And of course, visit us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. Excellent stuff, and um, that would uh, highly recommend that. I think you've un, un, uh, 
taken away some of the covers of the dark arts that a lot of people will um, come across. Thank you for that, Laura. That was um, uh, absolutely wonderful. And um, yep, definitely encourage all listeners to, to have a, a chat with Laura and, um, and see where you can take your business in partnership with um, LEP Digital. Laura, thank you very much for such an uh, inspiring guest. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best. And we will see you at then probably one of the next innovation events when they're allowed to be uh, <laughs> face-to-face. <laughs> Thanks so much, Andrew. Really appreciate your time today. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Laura.